Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Well, it's kind of nice to be back up here. <laughs> we we spent a couple weeks on the Father heart of God. And I, I feel like we need at least one more week on the Father heart of God. And next week we'll have a, a real message about Christmas and what we're celebrating this this season, but uh, when when we look at the love that's in the Father heart of God and the forgiveness that's in the Father heart of God, and that's kind of what Errol focused on the last two weeks. Uh, you know that that is supposed to characterize us, uh, since we have the Spirit of God within us, and as His people, we've experienced His love. We've we've received it, and we've experienced His forgiveness, and and we've received that forgiveness. Uh, it should change us in in a radical way, and I, I think as I looked at the characters in the Bible, there's no one who characterized the heart of God more than Moses. Uh, He's, he's described as the most humble man on the face of the earth and, and probably the most humble man ever to live on the earth other than Jesus. And when, when we look at the story of the Exodus and the children of Israel leaving Egypt and their journey to the promised land. Uh, Moses is definitely our our model. Uh, He foreshadowed so much of what God would do in his people. He foreshadowed so much of what God would do in Jesus that I, I feel like we... We need to look a little bit at Moses today because our country in the place that we're in right now, we need lots and lots of Moseses. We, we do. Because we... We need the people of God to rise up seeing the, the sin, uh, 
be, being opposed by the world, being persecuted by the world, in the midst of all that, our, our country needs a people who will fall on their faces and ask God for mercy for those very people. And as, as I looked at Moses through Exodus and, and through Numbers where, where we see the journey, I, I'm, I'm not there, folks. I, I need to get there, and, and we need to get there. When, when the people rose up and, and complained against him, complained about his leadership, complained about everything, and, and God would say, you know, Moses, how about if I just wipe all those people out and you and I will start over and we'll make something better? And, and honestly, search your heart this morning. Would a little bit of you like to say, yeah, let's do that. But Moses, no. He... He was more concerned about the name of God on the earth than about those people that he was leading who were continually against him. He, he said, no, and we're going to look at this passage so I, I won't get into detail, but basically he said, no, the, the rest of the world won't understand how powerful you are and who you really are if you do that. Because they'll, they'll think you weren't able to do what you set out to do. And that, and that would look badly for you. So, so I don't really care about how this is going for me, how this looks for me. Let's, let's, just, let's just go and, and finish what we started here, God. And... And, and that is what it looks like for a human being to have the heart of God. So I, I want us to look at uh, a couple of these passages today uh, because they, they just are... What, what they show is... They, they show how deep a work... God can do in, in a human being. For, for a man, and, and this is even before the new covenant. I mean, this, this is what blows me away. This, this is under the old covenant. That God was able to do so much in the heart of this man, Moses, that, that he was able to lead these people. And and not get offended and and not get bitter and and not want them to get what they deserved 
But because if if his heart would have held on to any of those things that I just described to you, he couldn't have done what he did. He he couldn't have continued to ask God for mercy for these people. So so let's turn to Numbers chapter twelve. This is this isn't one of those boring chapters in Numbers. that are just filled with names you can't pronounce. So, I, I, I think I've got this in uh, NIV, but I'm, I'm just, I'm going to read it uh, out of the ESV because I, I left my notes at home. So, you know, th- this is kind of far along the journey at, at this point in Numbers chapter 12. And it's, it's Moses dealing with his older sister and older brother. And, and these guys, Aaron and Miriam, they, they had anointings of God in, in their own right. I mean, they, they were leaders of the people as well. But... I mean, this this chapter just shows to me the heart of God in Moses, like like no other. So so you just got to look at it. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, "Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses?" Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all the people who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and Miriam, and and the amazing part about this is, you know, I think Moses would have just let this lie. He he would have just I'll just forget it. He he would have just kept on going. But God heard Moses or Aaron and Miriam and said, Moses, we gotta do something about this. Cause I don't think he even would have. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. And the three of them came out. And the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forward. And he said, Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth or face to face, clearly and not in riddles. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? 
and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. When the cloud removed from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous like snow. And Aaron turned toward Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said to Moses, O my Lord, do not punish us because we have done foolishly and have sinned. Let let her not be as one dead whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried to the Lord, O God, please heal her, please. But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be shamed seven days? Let her be shut outside the camp seven days, and after that she may be brought in again. So Miriam was shut outside the camp seven days, and the people did not set out on the march until Miriam was brought in again. After that, the people set out from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. Wow. See, to, to Moses, it, it, was, it was as if it, it didn't even happen. And, and this is the place where, where we need to get with, with the Lord. We, we need to be so secure in who we are in God and who he is for us that it really doesn't matter what happens to us. It, it doesn't really matter what people do or don't do. It, it doesn't even matter if they come against us and slander us and try to rise up against us. Has, that, that's how far on this heart journey Moses had gotten. So it's possible. It, it actually is possible. And I, I would like to uh, look at that passage in, uh, in Numbers 14 as well. Because this, this is the one that I alluded to earlier. Numbers 14, starting in verse 1. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And this, this is because the, the spies had gone out to check the land, and, and they, they brought their report back, and, and most of them had no faith. They said, we, we can't do this. So this, this is where we're picking up the story. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and, and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. 
Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And, I mean, you just want to say, really? I, I mean, how, how many times has, has the Lord shown his strength and his provision for these people and they're afraid because of a few giants in the land. And, and how do Moses and Aaron respond? They fall on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Sometimes this is what happens when you speak the truth. And our country is kind of getting to this place. Because then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. I mean, these, these people were about to stone him. And, and the only other three people who were speaking the truth. And, and honestly... Could, could any of us say what Moses says and not say, great idea? <laughs> That's the best thing I've heard in weeks. <laughs> Let's start over. <laughs> but Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear of it. For you brought up this people in your might from among them, and they will tell the inhabitants of this land, they have heard of you, O Lord, or they have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people. For you, O Lord, are seen face to face, and your cloud stands over them, and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now if you kill this people as one man... Then the nations who have heard your fame will say, It is because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land that he swore to give to them, that he has killed them in the wilderness. And now please let the power of the Lord be great, as you have promised, saying, And he reminds God of what he is like. 
The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Please pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your steadfast love, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt until now, time after time after time. And then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly, as I live and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not obeyed my voice shall see the land that I swore to give to their fathers. see our, our country and and I, I maybe should even be more specific that the church in our in our country is a lot like the children of Israel. It's because of that that our country is in the shape that it's in. And our country needs some people to rise up with the heart of the Father to ask for mercy, to, to repent on behalf of the church. And to repent on behalf of the people of our nation. And and we're called to be those people. First Peter chapter two, starting in verse nine, says, But you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You see, the function that we saw Moses operate in time after time in the Exodus and in, in the Promised Land was that of priest. He went to the Lord on behalf of the people. And he asked for God to forgive them 
and to have mercy on them. And we, the people of God, we, we are called to be a nation of priests. To operate with the heart of God toward the very people who are coming against us in this country to, to take away our freedoms to worship, to take away our freedom to express our worship in, in different ways, to, to, to persecute us. And, and this, this requires a, a deep work of God to, to get our hearts to the place where we can do this for real. And, and not just in, in form. And, you know, this, this, this is not an easy thing. But somebody better do it. You know, I know a lot of you have read The Harbinger. And, and you, you, you've seen some parallels between Israel and God bringing his judgment upon them and, and America. Now, the United States is not a covenant nation with God in the way that Israel is. But, at the same time, God is a just God. And when people, a people, a nation, are, are guilty of the same things, in, in his justice, he will treat them in a similar way. Now, we've, we've been sharing with, with all of you that we, we expect that there are difficult times ahead in, in our country. Uh, some of the leaders are kind of surprised that things haven't gotten real difficult yet. But we're, we're still expecting things to get difficult. And a question arises, is, is this the judgment of God? And, you know, we're, we're given some instruction... In, in the Old Testament about what it takes for God to bring about judgment on, on a people. And you might remember back in Genesis, I think chapter 15, when God is making his covenant with Abraham, and this is the time when he really gets into detail with the covenant about how he's going to give them this, all this land that he can see 
And, and then he kind of concludes in a way that if, if I were Abraham, it would have kind of left me thinking, now, is this really that good? Because he, he says, you know, I'm going to give you all this, but, but your descendants are going to be taken to this other country and they're going to be slaves for 400 years. But then I'm going to bring them out and then, then I'm going to give them this land. And, and that's the part that, you know, I, I would have kind of wondered, that doesn't sound that good. But he explains why they would have to wait that 400 years. Because he, he lists the nations that he's going to drive out of the promised land in order to give it to Abraham's descendants. And one of them is the Amorites. And he says... And we have to wait 400 years because the sinful progression of the Amorites has not yet come to its fullness. But in 400 years, it will. And then we can take them out along with the rest of them. So that says to me, and, and you can look at Leviticus 18 to, to maybe see what that sinful progression is. Because uh, <clears throat> it's, it's pointed out, it, it, it starts with what sounds like pornography to me. That chapter, uh, Leviticus 18, I think it is. Maybe I should look it up so I don't give you the wrong place. Yeah, that's it. And then it goes to adultery. So, step two. And then it goes to sacrificing children for prosperity, which is really what they were doing when they sacrificed their children to Molech because they were sacrificing to this God so that they would have good crops the next year and, and sacrificing their, their own children. And, and then the next step was uh, homosexuality, that type of sexual sin, and then the last one was bestiality. Being approved and common. So... You can kind of see where where we're at in that progression. We, we got one step to go, folks. As as of today, there's 14 or 16 states that have said we we agree with and we bless homosexual marriage, and the federal government has has joined in. So, are, are we expecting the judgment of God? I, I, I say no. But in, in Hebrews chapter 12, Paul, or the, the writer of Hebrews, I happen to think that was Paul, talks about how God disciplines those he loves. 
And if you're not disciplined, then, then are you really children? And, and he's saying, no. If, if you're not being disciplined by God, then you must not be his children. Because he does discipline his children. So, the difficult times that we're anticipating coming to our country, I don't believe is the judgment of God. It is the redemptive correction of God to call us back to being his people. And, and I'm speaking of the church. The, the difficult times to come are, are for our sake so, so that we will come back wholeheartedly to God and, and be his people without compromise, without mixture, that's what he is after. But there, there are at least two different responses to prophetic warnings that difficulty, correction, or, or judgment are coming. And in the Old Testament, we see both a number of times. A number of times, we, we see the people of God, Israel, ignoring prophetic warnings. And we see the northern kingdom removed. And the warnings continued. Judah, if you don't change your ways and come back to the Lord, same thing's going to happen to you. And whew, away to Babylon. But there were times when the Lord gave protect or prophetic warnings that the people responded correctly and what they did is often described as a solemn assembly and a solemn assembly was when the people of God heard the, the warning of the prophets and they said, you're absolutely right. We are not the people we're called to be. We're not living the way we're called to. And it's time to get on our faces and repent and, and let the Lord bring us in, into rightness again. And when they did that, it, it led to tremendous blessing and, and prosperity for the nation. So, 
you know, the, the question, I guess, that is, is facing me uh, is, are, are we in one of those times when, when the prophetic warning to the people of God to, to repent and, and, and get back to wholeheartedness before God are, are we in a time when the prophetic warnings are loud and clear that, that this is what we need to do? They, they sound pretty loud and clear to me. And, and so, as, as the people of God, we, there, there, there's a picture that that the Lord gives me uh, about kind of where where we're at, and it's it's the picture of a toddler who who knows the spanking is coming. And a lot of you parents are smiling <laughs> out there because you 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 remember this, and when. When the toddler runs up to your leg and grabs onto your leg, what kind of a spanking are they going to get? Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> just, just come here. <laughs> but if they run and hide... <laughs> or, or worse yet, go outside... <laughs> and try to run away from you? What, what kind of spanking are they going to get? One, one they'll remember. And, and this is the choice that we have. Will we heed the, the prophetic warning and run to God and, and grab him around the leg and ask for mercy or will we run away? No. <laughs> we, we, we better not run away. See, Joel chapter 2. I, I don't think this is on your thing. The book of Joel is, is a clear prophetic warning to the people of Israel who were in a similar situation. And at the beginning of chapter 2, he says, Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm 
on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. And then he describes what's, what's coming. And then I'll, I'll pick it up in verse 12. Yet even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Who knows? That's, that's why we want to run to him and, and grab a hold of his leg and not let him go. Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly. Gather the people, consecrate the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, even the nursing infants. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. That means we got to get everybody here, even the ones who have a really good excuse for, for not being here. Let the priests weep between the porch and the altar and say, Spare your people, O Lord, and make not your heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? And what, what that means to, to weep between the porch and the altar, it, it means to take the place of the priest between God who's dwelling at the altar in the temple and, and the people who are in, in the vestibule, in, in the porch. And you, you take that place and you weep for, for what will come if the Lord doesn't have mercy. And if, if he doesn't restore a people to himself who are wholehearted. I I feel like this is where we are folks um, we're we're moving into unprecedented times Jesus talks about signs and they're they're even in the book of Joel, and they're repeated in the book of Acts. 
There's two blood moons coming on Jewish High Holy Days in 2014, and there's two more in 2015. The Lord is telling us, attention, something's about to happen. It's, it's not life as, as usual. <laughs> and in Israel, there, there were people who lived life as usual, until the Assyrians came and carried them all off to captivity. And the same thing in Judah when the Babylonians came and took them into captivity. They, they were removed from the land. They were farther gone than we are. but we don't have very far to go. It's like I said, I'm not, I don't think we're looking at, see, because when, when God pours out his judgment, it's wrath. And, I mean, it's curtains, it's over. But when it's, his redemptive correction, the purpose is always restoration. And, and that's where we're at. We're, we're at that place where, where God's looking for that nation of priests to rise up and weep between him and the people. And, and I'm telling you, we got stuff to weep about. Because we've, we've got churches in, in this nation. We've got churches in this city that historically have been <clears throat> Orthodox in in their belief in their theology, who who are saying, yes, we should we should have gay marriage, we 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 should do this because our our culture has shifted and changed and and this this should be okay. And, and this this is the church. God is not happy. Because one of the worst things that the church can possibly do is tell somebody who is in sin and separated from God that they're okay. So... Uh, what, what do we do with this? Well, the elders are chewing on this right now about, about what do we do. 
I, I've led a solemn assembly before. And it, uh, it, it really launched us in, into a, a completely new journey with the Lord. It, it delivered us from religion. And it released Joy and I to pursue God in a way that we probably had never seen before. And... Uh, Yeah, I, some other things I could share, but I don't think they're for, for right now. But I, I think we need to pray all of us. We all need to pray this prayer, Lord, what what do you want me to do now? Um, as uh, I'll, I'll tell you, if, if we're going to have a solemn assembly, uh, it's, it's going to be with fasting going on beforehand, and it's, it's going to involve as many of our body as we can possibly get here. So we're going to have plenty of notice. So, <laughs> you know, I apologize for not bringing you a nice Christmas message. today but we're we're not in normal times anymore and when when we're in unprecedented times to continue normally is not the right response so You know we're we're an odd bunch, anyway, <laughs> and I I love that. <laughs> and our our calling in this city is is not normal, and it it leads me to the question: if if not us, who? And if if not now, when? So I, I I think I I just need to close with prayer today. But I, presence of the Lord is 
is increasing now. So I invite you to receive what he's giving right now. Just put yourself in a, in a posture of receiving. And I encourage you in, in your heart to, to just say, yes, Lord. And as, as the authority here, I, I say, yes, Lord. More. More of your reality in our hearts. More of your presence. God, we see your heart. It's... Your heart is so big. We... We can't even fathom the amount of mercy that you're capable of showing. And I ask you right now to expand our mercy capacity. I, I ask you to align our hearts. I ask you to give us more of your heart in our hearts. Because we're, <laughs> we're going to need it in, in the days ahead. I ask you to bring us into alignment with you. I ask you to bring us into wholeheartedness with you. I ask you to deliver us from mixture Give us the hearts to be priests and overcomers. Father, I thank you for your corrective discipline. I thank you that you're a good father who only desires good for your kids. Lord, show us what you want us to do. We say yes. Thank you for what you're doing. Mm. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. 
He causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Aren't even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And in that context, being perfect is is not allowing our hearts to be against anyone. That we're, we're actually for everyone. And only God can do that. Only he can enable us to do that. So Lord, enable us to not be against anyone. You know, I for a couple decades I've been looking forward to the harvest. And I've anticipated that the harvest was was going to be glorious but at the same time that was going on in the natural realm it was going to be really difficult for for us in the natural and and that's where we're headed but god is looking for those who've aligned their hearts fully with him there there is going to be glory and yes, Elizabeth, when people come into our presence, they're, they're going to know. A lot of times we're not going to have to say anything. We're just going to have to bless what God's doing right in front of us, and, and he'll do it. So, Father, we, we say yes. We, we want to fully be your people. Even though I have a sense we, we don't know what that completely looks like. So we ask you to show us. Give us your heart for our nation, for our city for your church. And don't leave us as we are. For your glory. And the glory of your Son. Amen.